You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 301 and 302 of Fed by Ravens. We hope that you have listened from 1 to 302 like we have. Wow. It's worth it. But uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, crazy. It's crazy seeing you here. But uh, we have been working our way through the entirety of the scriptures and really focusing on its narrative, Mm -hmm. on the story of God, how he interacts with us and how we interact with him. And it's been very encouraging, to say the least. So let's get right into it. We are in a new section of the Old Testament. Our Old Testament reading for today is Lamentations chapter 1 through chapter 3, verse 39. Now, if the blues, I mean, this is the music for Lamentations, right? Uh, yeah, uh, 100%. Oh, Lord, help us. We've made a huge mistake <clears throat> for the last, I don't know, 800 years. Forgive us. That's basically mm. it. We're done. Yeah. So, Lamentations is written by Sweet Jerry. Jeremiah. Yeah. So, we're back to him. This is a, a separate poetic lament, yes. a song that he wrote. Uh, the first four chapters are actually an acrostic poem. Yeah. So, thinking about Hebrew poetry, just if you do a rudimentary search on Hebrew poetry, you'll learn that it doesn't always make a lot of sense. It's not like uh, yeah. rhythmic or mm-hmm. the pentameters and stanza. Like it has, it's hard to figure that out. But what you figure out, I, I believe, it's, it's hard to figure out because it's predominantly orally passed down. Mm-hmm. Like it's for teaching. Yeah. And so a lot of the poetry is for teaching. And so there's parallels. So like there's, you bless and then there's a curse. So mm-hmm. there's a curse and a bless. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's parallelism. But the one thing we know they did was uh, use an acrostic, right? So that mm-hmm. just means alphabetical order. So A. Yes. Like, so the, each, each line uh, starts off with a different um, Hebrew letter. H- Hebrew letter. A, yeah. B, C, D, yeah. kind of like that. And again, think of it like um, elementary school learning. Mm-hmm. And that these things are, and in a world where you don't have a lot of things written down, you're memorizing things because it'll be burned in a fire, it'll be stolen from you, it'll be lost, it's very precious. And so you memorize these things. And that's how this poetry is. It's just helpful to realize that that's what the author's doing. Mm-hmm. Now, the content of it is kind of amazing, right? So Jerusalem, at the, from the very beginning, is personified mm. as a humiliated widow. Yes. Yeah. I- the opening line for me is yeah. amazing. Like, really, this is like the opening line of a tragic TV show. That how would, would it be? Like, how would it be said on a tragic oh TV show? Man. Go ahead. I don't know if I can do it justice. Well, you don't have to do it justice. Just give a little taste. That if it would be listening. okay. So it, you're like panning on a on a city, okay. right? And it's raining, and there's just like a bunch of people walking around all the time and you just hear it would probably be a woman's voice though mm-hmm. and it would be how lonely sits the city that was full of people how like a widow she has become she who is great among the nations and then it just like well don't forget that last line 
she, she who was a princess, princess among the provinces has become a slave. And then a car like <laughs> drives by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little film noir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Wow. <clears throat> it is. It, I mean, that's the beauty of this. Is for me reading through Lamentations, and again, Lamentations like the complaint is surprising. The, Jeremiah is taking responsibility. So he's saying, like, this is happening because of our behavior. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to hear a complaint, but not hear uh, excuses. You know what I mean? Like, he's not ex- saying, oh, it wasn't our fault, or whatever. He's, like, literally just com- he's complaining to God for their behavior mm-hmm. and for what's happening. And um, I, I just thought, too, I guess I was going to say this before we kind of yeah, no, go for it. it. Yeah. We've seen the political side of the story, like in Kings and Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Well, really, it's like Kings, you see the spiritual side of things just decay, right? It's yes. all the evil kings. And then you see kind of the political side in Chronicles. With the corruption of the kings and the priests and the Levites. And related to David and mm-hmm. the armies and there's wars. And now uh, Jeremiah and the prophets have given a spiritual side as well. But this is really an emotional Yes. side of the story and this is the side that most people who live through it this is where they spend most of their time just like we do so like when we're going through elections in the united states most of us are you know there's political things happening there's uh spiritual things happening but we're stuck in the emotions of it all going i'm scared i don't know what's going on who's our leader where are they leading us is there time of war is there time of peace is there money is there poverty and mm-hmm. so this is where God gives his people through Jeremiah uh, a way to navigate emotions. And that's what the Psalms are and the Proverbs because it's important how we feel about things and it's important that we take our feelings to God mm, and yeah. we're honest. All right? Yeah. No, I agree with that. So if you have been following along uh, and have gone through all of Jeremiah, there's not a whole lot of new information in right. this. It is just uh, an acknowledgement of we really have messed this up. We really have brought this upon ourselves. Right. And that's where um, I, th- I had circled some verses where he just really says it. Um, like in 16, For these things I weep, my eyes flow with tears. For a comforter is far from me, one to revive my spirit. My children are desolate, for the enemy has prevailed. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say like it's because of our sin. Um, but in chapter two, well, no, chapter two is still, he's vomiting bile Yeah, at one point because he's dry. He, like there's not even enough left in him to vomit. Like, and he's so sick, emotionally upset and physically well, impoverished. Okay. okay. So I had a moment while reading this where after reading all of it and really connecting to the story and recognizing, oh, that's not like, um, poetic license Mm-mm. or exaggeration no that's the thing with the hebrew poetry it's like it's saying real things like if i had seen what he had seen i would be vomiting as well right like he's he literally movies. seeing people starve he's like he, there's a line in here where it's like should mothers eat the fruit of their womb right like there's cannibalism <clears throat> there's just i mean it's, like because in siege this is what happens. You starve until the point that you are eating each other. If we were at this point today, it would be 
no doubt we'd be like, this is the end of the world. Yes. And, and not like, not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. And, and what's interesting is in chapter two is, uh, Jeremiah is recognizing like, this is all from the Lord. Like the mm-hmm. Lord is doing this to us. Sin destroys everything, even mm-hmm. your hope. Mm-hmm. But I will say there is a point, at least it brought me to, to think about this is that the only thing you can do, what can I say? Like, who can heal you? He mm. says. But there is this, like, subtle buildup in chapter 2 to start to cry out to the Lord. Like, that is all you can do, mm-hmm. is cry out to the Lord. And then the idea is, like, so many people just give up. Like, you just give up. So you get a bad diagnosis. You get a bad bad thing happen to you. And you're like, well, I'm the guy with the broken foot the rest of my life. I'm the guy with the who's going to be poor. We just mm-hmm. submit to these things and it's like no 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 you're not low enough apparently right. get low enough or or bypass getting low and just cry out to the lord right now and it's kind of like it's completely avoidable because i feel like the the jeremiah here says do you know who you're dealing with like we are in the worst case scenario but don't you know who we're dealing with mm-hmm. he's so gracious you at least got to try to cry out to him we know sin is destroying everything our idolatry is caught up with us, but cry out to God. And that's chapter three is like, there's this full confession of guilt and a plea for pardon because this is exactly what's needed mm-hmm. to get away from the consequence of, of the sin. And, you know, you think about legal terms, like if a plea deal, like confess you're guilty, get a plea deal, and, and your sentence lessens sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. But the sentence when you're dealing with God is it lessens. Like he'll take it all away. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so there's this cool in chapter three, he is he personalizes it now. He yeah. turns it onto what he himself is personally experiencing. And he's like, It has not been good. Right. Like everything I've done has not been received. No one has heard me. Everyone's mocked me. I've just watched my people die, make horrible decisions after telling them the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I am at the end of my rope. But I focus on this one thing. This one thing in chapter 22 is... Chapter 3. Oh, chapter 3, verse 22. Yes, sorry. Because I wrote down 22. It's funny to hear, like, I have the exact same section. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will have hope in him. Great is thy yes. faithfulness. Who knew so that came out of the middle of Lamentations? Well, I kind of knew it, but yeah, in the um, we sing, "Great is your, th- great is thy faithfulness." Mm-hmm. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Yeah, you know? and it's such an amazing verse when you do put it in its context. Like in the, you're as low as you can go, but the one thing that holds you up is the hope that this, God is faithful. Is faithful to His word. His promises that he is doing everything for the benefit of his people. I wrote down actually the following verses too, because this oh whole yeah, chunk. this whole chunk so, is amazing. So he says, "The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good for it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth." I don't like that last line because <laughs> I don't get it, but. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And 
whatever you're going through today. Because I do think uh, even the plight of the prophet, I told you, this is the plight of a mom, the plight mm-hmm. of a pastor, the plight mm-hmm. of a dad, of a coach. You tell people truth, you know, you tell them where life is, and then you watch them not do it. And so what do we do? We hope that God can do what he says. He can change hearts. And yeah. so we cry out to the Lord. And we say, Lord, I'm here to tell the truth, and I will wait for you to bring salvation not just to me, but to the people around me. Because remember, this is a corporate thing. Like, mm-hmm. Jeremiah was good. He shouldn't be right. being besieged and no. starved Sin and exiled. everything. Right. And so a lot of the hope that we have is hope that God will change other hearts. Mm-hmm. And it's the only God can change the hearts. Yeah. And so we cry out. And so in the midst of uh, the pain and the suffering, it's like we can't just complain about the consequences of sin, but we turn to God who will not cast us off forever. Yeah, yeah. There were, so there were a few other lines that I wanted to point out, which you just basically mm-hmm. said, but mm-hmm. is that he won't cast off forever, really? and the uh, though he caused grief, he will have compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love, for he does not willingly afflict or grieve the children of men. Yeah. And I think that's a big... That's a good... That's a key thing to know, the heart of God, yeah. is he's reluctant. Like, he waits... And waits and waits and waits until his justice is like, I have to act. I'm not doing this because I get some sick pleasure from killing people. I'm doing this because the sin has gotten to a point where it will will just destroy them anyways. And at least I might be able to dig out the cancer this way. I'm getting ahead of this. And that's the thing. Everyone always goes to, why is God allowing this? Why is God doing this? Why did God make me this way? And it's like, wrong. Wrong. Know the heart of God. He's saying, I did not make you with sin. Mm-hmm. I did not make you to die. Right. I did not make these <clears throat> things for you. I made you in my image to enjoy and to Sabbath and to walk with me and be fruitful and multiply. And that's what I've been offering you. All these are a result of your... Your sin. Your sin. So the world brings death. The flesh draws you away mm-hmm. to your own desires. And then the accuser stands there accusing you before God. Yeah. That is not my work. That is the work of a corrupt earth, flesh, and a enemy. Yeah. And then he does end with, why should a living man complain? A man about the punishment of his sins. Well, the good news in Lamentations is cling to Christ. Keep hoping and ask him to do the work. You are allowed to go to him with your laments. I like that too. Yeah. All right. Let's move into our New Testament today. Our New Testament readings for today are Titus chapter 3 and the whole book of Philemon. The whole book? All 62 chapters? Yes. Fortunately, Philemon is a short and sweet and very powerful letter. But we'll get to that. Let's finish Titus. So remember, Titus is living in Crete. He's probably a young man that's being charged by Paul to stand on true doctrine. Yeah. Stand on the word of God because things are going to be crazy. You're See around. how old men are in 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the oldest guy around is like 42 and, you know. So and he's so you're gonna probably have, 18. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Uh, I was telling my family about that. I was like, hey, did you know? I was talking about like my yeah. about my daughter. Like, 
yeah, you might probably be married now. So it's like, yeah, we got to teach you how to be a person. <laughs> how to do some things. But it's like inflation, Take right? care of a household. So now that we live we live to yeah. 80, yeah. so now it's like people aren't grow, getting grown up and married till 30. Right. Whereas back then you're living to 46 and you're getting married at 12. Right. And so it's just like you make... We got to move this thing along. So Yeah, it's, it's funny. So, all right. So he ends the, the letter to Titus with be ready for every good work. Now, I will say at the very beginning, there's a beautiful chunk in here that describes where our works come from. Mm-hmm. But for me, the theme is, it was picked up in chapter two, or one, which is, you're no longer Cretans. Yes. You're Christian. That's so clear. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because That's again, why he uses the quote from the old, uh, mm-hmm. what was his name, Epipenides or whatever. Um, I had it written down somewhere. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The even the own the Crete the guy the philosopher from Crete says, right. "Look, we're all lazy. We're we're greedy. This is who Cretans are." Mm-hmm. And Paul was like breaking that curse because uh, the gospel breaks that stuff. Right. Because there are regional sins. There mm-hmm. are because I mean the the even the way they do uh, idolatry, you worship stuff from that region mm-hmm. that makes sense, you know to uh, how you make a living and all that. And so they had just gotten comfortable under this curse of we're greedy, crude, uh, violent people. Yeah, we're out looking out for and ourselves. And so he's saying to Titus, Titus, Christ makes you something mm-hmm. different and you're right. not those people anymore. You're Christians. Right, and this is what you are going to be like now. You're going to be submissive to your rulers and authorities, obedient, ready yeah. to do every good work. To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. I know. Well, it's the same thing that he's been saying in Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. Yeah. Like, you submit to people out of reverence and fear. Why? Because you're submitting to God, mm-hmm. the God of all his people. And he goes, why should I be nice to all these people? Well, he answers that. He says, because we were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy. I like this line hated by others, and hating one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds like just a daily commute to work. <laughs> <laughs> hating others and hated by yeah. others. Like, and you just, and Paul's saying, don't just settle into that. And remember, this is why you're kind, because you are turning the tide of this people. Mm. You're not responsible for the, changing their hearts, but you are responsible. You're carrying the message of what happens when your heart has been changed. And so he is mm. redefining them. And then he gives, I think... This is like a beautiful passage, which is really at the heart of Christianity for us, even now. Right. Like, where is this source? You just put on me, Paul, some law. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to be nice. I'm unable to be like that. Right. I am often angry. I am often led by my passions and foolish and hated and hating. But, he says, when, and there's even a but there, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. This is key. Yes. So he's redefining who saves us? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. Mm-hmm. So it, all the works he's going to list here are God's action for us, right? right? And his first action is washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So everyone agrees, doesn't matter what denomination. This is a baptismal passage. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is cool because, like, I remember in all the denominations I've been in, I've been in. <laughs> it's like washing and regeneration. Mm-hmm. 
So the washing, the pouring out of water. And then it says, renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly. So Mm -hmm. whether you're a dunker or a pourer, you're being washed and cleansed by the Holy Spirit. That's what cleanses us. That's what gives us a new heart. It's the work of God through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we cling to our baptism because if we're left to just emotionally connect to it. See, God always gives us a physical and a spiritual, right? So right. Yeah. Spiritually, it's like, oh, I've been saved my whole life. I've always loved Jesus. And yeah, and I got baptized when I was 14. But there's an actual physical part of it. Like Jesus came to earth and he gave us bread and wine and water. And so you can look at your baptism and go, hey, when I was 14, I can look back to that and go, without a shadow of a doubt, God poured out his Holy Spirit upon mm-hmm. me. I was baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that, being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. What I like about this whole thing is baptism is your... It's the day you were adopted. Mm -hmm. You may have lived with the family. Maybe you were in foster care and you received the love of Christ. But God looks at that baptism as you were washed, your sins are forgiven, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you were written into the will. You are now heirs with Jesus Christ. How cool. Yeah. And he's telling Titus this, like, hey, you need to live this way. But here's why. Mm-hmm. It's not from you. God has acted on your behalf. He's called you. He's cleansed you. He's equipped you with a new heart. And you have the inheritance. So you're acting from a place of peace and mm-hmm. love. Like, you're not being nice to earn anything right. to these people. You're being nice because now you actually kind of love them because they yeah. don't know. They're like little kids about to touch a hot stove. And you're now free to yes, do it. Totally free. It's coming from a place of like liberty and freedom. Yeah. Because it doesn't cost you anything. Because mm-hmm. you have the inheritance. You're going to gain everything. So you give away submission. You suffer fools. Yeah. So because before, you're fighting and scrapping for anything. Because people are taking mm-hmm. your livelihood. They're right. taking your pride. They're taking what little respect you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. And now, because God has lavished this upon mm-hmm. us, it's like, hey, man, give it away. You're good. <laughs> you can't outgive me. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. then um, the, his main concern then is stick to the word of God because people love to fight about um, foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law. Oh, man. There's, they're all unprofitable and worthless. There's an amazing line in here about, again, because we know Paul is all about unity among the church. Right. And he says this amazing line, which I'm like, whoa, that's intense. Yes. Is, um, As for a person who stirs up division, mm-hmm. after warning him once and then twice have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. Yeah. I'm like, whoa! So like when, like we've had, like sometimes we've had to deal with that where people are trying to cause problems and drama and unnecessarily so. And it is just interesting to hear even from Paul going, yeah, you warn them twice. And then if they're still not responding to that you let them go yeah well we've even noticed people and what's funny is it says they self he is self-condemned yeah and that's what my experience has Mm -hmm. been is when you're like uh well i have two things to say but they usually self-condemn and and take themselves out of the church Mm -hmm. and then have this narrative of oh i had a bad experience at church and it's like well no you took yourself out you condemned yourself to live outside of this 
And I feel like everybody gives Paul a bad rap. Like they feel like he's this fighter and he's hardcore against things or mm-hmm. for things. But as we've been going through this year, really, he's all about unity. Right. And so he's fighting here for, um, we are united, but what's our what's the source of our unity? Not some false sense of, hey, I'll like a tolerance. It's not a false sense of tolerance that's like, no. oh, I'll let you be who you are and we'll be unified. No. It's you're unified in the body of Christ. You're baptized into Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You are in Jesus Christ because your inheritance comes through Jesus Christ and it's given to you. And now you are the body of Christ and you are the bride of Christ and you are the temple. And so it's important to be united. And how are you united? You confess these things together. You confess your sins to one another. And you are experiencing in the safest place possible submission Mm. and forgiveness and love. And so when you are, when the church then becomes like the world, we're divided and different parties, it ceases to be... And we're manipulating one another. It's doing what happened to Israel. Mm -hmm. It's bringing in idolatry it's bringing mm-hmm. in a corruption and a death a cancer and mm-hmm. so that's why paul because it sounds harsh like i remember a time when i would read this and go i don't think we should excommunicate people and kick people out but again you have to flip it and go if cancer is in my wife's body right and i'm like well, i don't want to ever have to cut her for any reason so i'm right. going to let the cancer stay because mm-hmm. it's a part of her well then she'll die in two months or she could live for 20 years. Right. Do you want to cut her a little bit now or let her die? Right. Well, I don't know. Uh, and that's, I'm just trying to make fun of how we approach this stuff. So someone is trying to push their own agenda in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And usually it's clueless. Then yeah, we cut a little bit to save the body. Right, right. Because we love the church. We love Jesus Christ. We don't want to crucify him again from the inside out. And then have to endure what Jeremiah is writing about in Lamentations. So you know what? Your feelings can be a little hurt in the family. Sometimes my feelings get hurt by my wife. She's like, just do what you say you're going to do. Adam, put away your stuff. That hurts. I had a bad experience in marriage. You know what? Grow up. (laughs) Grow up. And that's what he's saying here. You're no longer Cretans. Mm -hmm. You're part of something bigger, man. Mm -hmm. And you're inheriting something bigger. And you've been given all these. Come on. Grow up. That's how I read it now. So if anyone's wavering out there about my church hurt my feelings, they probably did because they're people. And now it's your opportunity to work through it with them because it's not about going, it's my fault, their fault. It's about, oh, are we united to Christ or not? And if we are united now, that means we can talk about it. And work towards forgiveness and actual reconciliation. And you can't change that other person. So guess what? They can continue to be a total jerk. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And you're praying for God to bless them and forgive them. And you're working through forgiveness on your own journey. Um, anyway, it's it's complicated and beautiful, but that's what everybody wants, right? They want yeah. to be in relationship and be a part of something bigger than themselves. Join the church. Uh, but we got to move on. Yeah. I think the perfect example then is this next. So we just finished uh, Titus. Yes. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Titus. I think book 43. Woo. But let's go and see how it works out practically. You, and that's what this Philemon book is. It's an actual, very uh, practical, completely applicable. I mean, it, to the original guy, it's written to Philemon. Philemon. All right. So Set it up, Matt. Philemon was a, a, a guy that um, Paul had actually brought to the Lord. Right. 
that Paul had, and there was a church operating out of his house. And so um, Paul had met him before, had lived with him, stayed with him, ministered to him, had set him up in his city. Uh, and then later on Paul's journeys, Paul ran into, in prison, uh, Philemon's runaway slave, Onesimus. And they spent some prison time together. And during that prison time, um, Paul brought Onesimus to salvation. And then Paul is now doing what we would go think of as a very controversial move in our time. He's saying, all right, Onesimus. Go make it right. You need to go make it right. And you need to go back back to Philemon and submit yourself under his authority once again. Um, so a couple things. So, okay, here's the confusion. Yeah. People think the Bible is like pro-slavery. Right. And it's not. It's, it's not. It's actually undermining the system of slavery mm-hmm. in Rome. But then you got to identify the system of slavery in Rome at this time is not American Southern slavery. It is not. At all. It's very different. Um, usually it's for, um, people who could not, um live like they couldn't survive or get jobs or they were too much in debt and Mm -hmm. so they were going to be in jail anyways so they end up as indentured servants almost yeah the other thing though is because i think we get caught up on like why is paul asking philemon or anesimus to go to philemon why can't why can't he just stay with paul right um, is the punishment for runaway slaves is death right. under Roman law. And so if Philemon uh, ever decided to r- report him missing, mm-hmm. um, Roman would have him killed. And so Paul's going, I don't want you to die, so I need you to go back, make things right with Philemon, yeah. and then we'll see where we go. That's a good point, because... I think my tendency is to make it super spiritual and mm-hmm. start spiritualizing every little decision like what's the right thing to do mm-hmm. and that's not it's that's not being parsed out here by Paul. No. Paul's operating on very big themes right. of like hey man you're a runaway slave you're and caught I'm in not jail gonna, and I'm not going to like I have a name mm-hmm. I'm not going to like hide you aid and abet you. Right. Um so the quick excursus though on slavery because I think it's helpful. God is not for slavery. Mm-hmm. He delivers Israel from the slavery of Egypt. Right. He then tells his people, don't enslave each other. Right. But as an act of mercy, I will allow you to have slaves for each other for six years. Mm-hmm. And every six, every year of Jubilee or every yeah. Sabbath year, you let them go. But it is a way, it's what happens to the poor. Mm-hmm. So instead of being homeless on the streets... You indenture yourself. And then the thing I was reading that I thought was cool, like by the time it gets to Roman law, you almost think of what's what's our whole economy here where it's like service industry? Mm-hmm. Like the whole service industry of Rome is indentured servants, yes. slaves. Yeah. So like you'd be a barber. Yeah. And in this case... Uh, a doctors. Doctors, doctors servants. Yeah, all these things. Or, and so um, it's the whole economy mm-hmm. and they're working things off this way mm-hmm. or trying to gain uh, Roman citizenship this way. And it's always for a, a seven year period, a 12, you know, there's, or until you're 30 mm-hmm. and then there's freedom. It wasn't a, um, it wasn't based on race. Mm-hmm. It would be based on if you were conquered in war or you were in debt or mm-hmm. you went in citizenship. So that's just important. 
because there's different aspects to it. But in this case, um, what I what it screams to me is very practically Paul interceding on the behalf of someone who isn't dead. Yeah. To someone he loves, for someone now he loves. Right. And this is an example of the work of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we are, it's helpful to look at yourself. I am in great debt. I am <laughs> under the slave. I mean, I'm not, not under monetary. I'm just saying debt to my sins, yes, right? Yes, yes. You see yourself as under great debt to the point where you have to become a slave or a servant. And even then we've run away. Right. So like we owe God everything, yet we daily challenge his authority and run away. Mm-hmm. We are worthy of death, or at minimum, life in prison. Mm-hmm. Jesus steps in and writes this letter on your behalf right. and says, Hey, God, I love you, and I love my servant. He's profitable. He's going to come back to you, and I'm going to change. They're no longer Cretans to Titus, and he's no longer a slave to you, Philemon. He's a brother. Right. So now I want you as brothers to work it out because he can still be a brother, and because apparently Onesimus handled all the money. So yeah. he was like a high up. Yes. Like, again, he trusted Onesimus. Like Onesimus could have ripped him off completely. And maybe he didn't. Or maybe he did. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And that's a big ask. But this is the messy stuff we're talking about with unity. Yeah. So now what? Philemon has to not only legally forgive, but personally forgive, mm-hmm. spiritually forgive. Because Paul, his mentor, introducing this new idea of Christ and going, oh, this is hard stuff. Mm-hmm. This is not an easy ask. And a lot of us have felt like Philemon, like, what, the bad guy just gets away and gets... Yes, because you have Jesus Christ with you and unlimited resources to repay the emotional abuse, to repay the physical stuff, because the God of the universe has it. He alone can give you the peace that this guy stole. So, offer that peace to Onesimus. Yeah. Because Paul doesn't say, let him go. He yeah. doesn't even say, he's like, I'm sending him back. and I'm, I'm I trust you guys to work it out in your church. Well, he does say, he's like, I mean, I wanted to just take him with me, but he's I don't a- want to do anything because he's technically under your authority. And I don't want to do anything without your approval. Yeah. And so I, the offer Paul is handing out there is if you don't want him back in your household because you can't trust him. I'll take him. I'll take him. Right. Because I see what you see in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's repentant, right. and he's back in the fold with us now, right. and he's even willing to obey me. How much more will he obey you? I'm not his master. Right. And so it is that, to me, also builds up the requirement for repentance, mm-hmm. a changed heart, a renewed sense of, I want to please the Lord and, and, and work with him. So it's pretty cool, but this is a very practical letter. It is. And this is how we deal with things. I think it's book 44. Man, that's great. <laughs> Thank you again, Paul. Are we almost done with Paul? Yeah. You know what also that finishes? That finishes our time with Paul. (gasps) No. Because we don't believe he wrote Hebrews. That's true. And so now we're going to be entering into the general epistles. But, you know, I've enjoyed this time with Paul. I feel like I've gotten Paul's heart this time more than any other. Mm. He is all about unity. And he is all about Jesus Christ. All right. Let's go to our song. Song. Our song for today is 119 verses 121 through 128. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servant a pledge of good. Let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. 
It is time for the Lord to act, for your law has been broken. Therefore I love your commandments, above gold, above fine gold. Therefore I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Boom. You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.